0: Welcome to another episode of Matbakh on Afikra. My name is Mikey Emhenna. Today we have a special guest from Cairo Farah Al-Sharkawi, Sharqawi, is a lawyer turned pastry chef who is spending her time um, sort of reimagining what uh, pastries in Egypt can be all about. Those are my words, not yours, Farah, but welcome, <laughs> Afikra. <laughs> we are well, going to see... Thank you. We're going to see if I'm right about that claim, um, and if you feel comfortable with that language. So let me just start off by saying, um, welcome. And I want to talk about that transition. I'm sure you've told the story a million times, um, yeah. Probably to your parents a million times alone. Uh, so <laughs> far, I would
1: love to share it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Why
0: did Why did you make the transition into law, and why did you make the transition out of law?
1: Oh, okay. In I don't um, frequently get asked this question: Why did I get into law? But uh, yeah. Um, so, first of all, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to have uh, this podcast uh, with you, and um, and uh, thank you for your time. And uh, I'm very excited to share everything about pastries and uh, my profile and everything. So, first of all, why in Toulon? Why did I do a law studies? Uh, Actually, I've been in a French school, and I want since I love the French language. I wanted to uh, continue my studies in the French language, and I had a couple of options of available options in Cairo uh, of faculties that um, that offer French education. One of these faculties was was the law faculty. I had law, economics, uh, and uh, maybe. Um, That's all actually. Law and economics. And I hate economics. So I said, I have no other option but law. And I had my best best friend was going to apply uh, at the same faculty. So I said, okay, why not? I have my friend with me. I will study in French. So let's give it a shot. And actually, during the first semester, I was not satisfied at all. I, I felt like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. I'm so lost. I don't like what I'm studying. It's uh it's um, it's an affiliate of uh, the faculty as the, the faculty of law, which is affiliate to the Sorbonne Paris 1, and uh, also uh, it's actually it gives you a double degree. One. One degree from Sorbonne Paris and the other degree from um, uh, Cairo University. So actually, I have a double major in law. But after the first semester, I I was like I started to get used to the rhythm and to the studies, and I actually liked it a lot to the extent that I applied for a master's degree in Toulouse, and I traveled abroad to Toulouse to uh, to to have my to have a specialized master's in private law. And actually, this is where all the transition care comes from. When I went to Toulouse, uh, that was the first time for me to, to be living abroad by myself for a full year. And usually, as an Egyptian girl who lives with her parents, I usually have food prepared by my family. I don't cook. I rarely go to the kitchen uh, just for making a sandwich for, for breakfast. So that was the first time for me to actually be cooking proper meals. And I enjoyed it a lot. A lot, a lot. To the extent that I can take my break, my break from my break, and go to the supermarket, to the to the biggest supermarket in the city that is very far away, but I would want to do that to pick the ingredients and to go to the to see different products and then go back home and cook. And started to be visiting the pastry shops there and get attached to pastries, French pastries, and also French uh, savory, uh, French. Culinary, so um, I went back to Egypt and I said, "Okay, I feel like there is there is a passion, there is a passion, and I want to explore it further." So what did I do? I found that there is a um, there is a culinary school in Egypt that is affiliated to the Ministry of Tourism and that offers a six month program. It was not specialized in pastries but in savories and the culinary the basics of uh, the cuisine. So I did this degree and I was like, it was a professional school and uh, with exams and degrees. And so it was a proper, proper school every day for six months. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I said, okay, maybe, uh, maybe I will not be a lawyer. Maybe I should be a chef. Uh, But then I went, I got a great opportunity to work as a lawyer in one of the best law firms in Egypt. So, I said, okay, I'll pursue my studies and I will give myself a shot as a lawyer. I have to at least to go to go further in my career as a lawyer and discover whether it's suitable for me or not. And I worked as a lawyer for five years, maybe more than five years, five and a half years. And to be honest, I I, I really love lo- uh, working as a lawyer, but I felt that um, um, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. This is not the field where I'm imagining myself in 10 years. This is not what I want to... This is not the career I want to grow in. I want to have a restaurant, but I'm I'm this interested in having a law firm or being a partner. Oh, it's a good thing, but I'm not dreaming of this. But I'm dreaming of having a restaurant or a, or a patisserie. Yeah. So after five years, I resigned and I went to France to study uh, French pastries uh, and to be specialized in the French pastries, not chocolaterie, not uh, bakery. I wanted to be a pastry chef and uh, I studied there. I worked there for, uh, I did my internship there and I came back to Egypt.
0: Okay. Thank you for the background. I want to ask you the most basic questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From a chef's perspective, from a specifically a French-trained Egyptian chef's perspective, what is the difference between Egyptian pastries and French pastries? At its most basic level.
1: Okay, so um, they have there is they they have nothing to do together actually. So um, Egyptian pastries is more of the um, okay. it falls under the category of Oriental desserts. There is this Oriental desserts uh, category that that of that has. Pastries uh, from the Middle East, and that offer, and that um, that showcase pastries of the Middle East. You can find the busa here, uh, the kanafa. You can find it, find it in Egypt. You can find it in Lebanon, I think. You can find it in Syria. You can find it in Turkey. So there is there is this big Middle East uh, pastry school, and different, uh, and that is actually. Um, that is actually like um, endorsed by different countries. French pastry is is different. I would say there are, there are different ingredients. For example, French Egyptian pastries and Egyptian pastry. We have the kunafa dough. It does not exist in French pastries. We have the we do a lot of um, of a lot of desserts with the semolina flour, which 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 is used to make basbousa, for example uh we use the filo dough which is also not frequently used in france so on the on the level of ingredients there are different ingredients there are different techniques so when i'm when i when i i'm thinking of egyptian pastry for pastries and I, I think for example of uh, the kunafa the balah the basbousa they have totally different techniques in the making, other than making a pastry cream or making, uh, uh, making uh, a crème chantilly, uh, whipped cream, for example. So on the level of techniques, and um, it's very different. They don't apply the same techniques. And actually, if we we will compare them to a different third school, the American school of pastries, it's also very different. That each school has its own manner of doing things.
0: So, like, uh, if we think about. Um just like the the techniques to mm-hmm. learn how to to be trained as a french pastry chef how many of those techniques are actually applicable to understanding um and exploring the pastries and sort of the the desserts from the region do you feel like it gave you a special sort of perspective to be able to understand things like pastissos so um
1: actually no actually uh it's uh yeah, 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 um it's so different that that they actually you know what I've learned in France and what I did in my internships. Helped helped me on the professional level on dealing uh, how to deal in kitchens, how to understand the the operations going. But in terms of techniques, you no, know, actually I did a lot of effort. For example, last last Ramadan, I was buying a dessert um, uh, that has a base of kunafa. And um, a top of flan, uh, which is a uh, which is similar to pastry cream, but it's cooked, it's baked in the oven. And it was the first time for me to delve into Egyptian pastry. And I spent so much time under trying to understand, like how to make kunafa and um, and how to make it crispy and uh, all of that. But to, but actually, so in terms of techniques, it's, it was very different. But actually, there are for, for sure some tricks that I learned in the French cuisine or the French pastry world that helped me. For example, the dough, uh, on top of the canafa dough, there is the, the flan dough, which is a cre- creamy dough, and that actually may, softens the kunafa and make it so moist. By the time it reached the client, the customer, the kunafa will no longer be crispy, even though I made the huge efforts to keep it crispy. So uh, I learned, for example, in the French world that to, uh, to, um, we make a lot of tarts in French pasties. So, and the tarts are filled with creams. So to help the tart shells not to soften, we uh, brush the tart shells with the uh, cocoa butter. The cocoa butter creates uh, an isolating layer that protects it from softening uh, quickly. So after so many tries I said oh why not try and brush the kunafa bake the kunafa first and brush it with cocoa butter and see and it made a huge difference. So there are the tricks that I can use from from a from a paste from the french that I learned in the french uh, pastry uh, uh words and I can apply in the egyptian pastry field.
0: Yeah. Okay so I want to ask you another question. <laughs>
1: yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: So when people come in, uh people sort of like uh come to you in Cairo and they're interested in uh pastries, are they yeah. is the general is there general frustration and no, why aren't you making the the classic the classic treatment? Why you know why aren't you uh uh doing things in the sort of classical way or are people excited that you're sort of um taking Knife and saying, all right, we're actually gonna change this and treat this differently and add uh, different uh, techniques. Um, and different ingredients?
1: Okay. Um, Let me tell you a couple of things. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Generally speaking, people are very excited to new creations. People here in Egypt are very excited to new creations. And my vision from the first day I came to Egypt is is that I can't apply um, I don't see myself as a classical pastry chef, whether if I'm Doing pastry, French pure French pastry desserts, or uh, doing the combination of French and Egyptian desserts. Um, but uh, as, a, as 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 um, as an ideology, I decided to take to to grow how um, to take people step by step in terms of not surprising them with the most um, crazy creations, but to to start building new taste buds or uh, creating and building new taste buds and understanding of new flavors so if for example I did two years ago a basic chocolate cake now I would never do a basic chocolate cake, I would do a fusion between the chocolate and another flavor, maybe a flavor that is so um, so um, um, unconventional, unconventional to people uh, so for example uh, let's say, for example, uh, cumin and rose and peaches. These this mix works together. I've never tried it, to be honest. But Pierre May, who is the father of the pastry uh, pastry uh, school in uh, in France, actually has c- has created a tart that has cumin, rose, and peaches. Which is wow! It's it's so it's so unconventional. So. People here in Egypt are very excited. Every time I create something new, actually, I find very positive feedback. And uh, my, la- my last creation was uh, a lemon toilet with olive oil. And usually people don't see olive oil used in desserts here in Egypt. And to my surprise, it was one of the desserts I got the best feedbacks on. It was, people actually liked it a lot. And in comparison to basic desserts or in comparison to less- crazy desserts
0: okay so like let's let's take that that dish right the the uh the tart with olive oil right
1: yeah Mm
0: -hmm. like explain to me if you can the whole the whole process like where that sort of recipe comes from how how many tries are you going at it and once you finalize the final recipe tell me what it is
1: cool so this is the very, okay, the the tart results from a two years of experiment. Every time, um, actually, I, I love lemon desserts, and people in Egypt love lemon desserts, and my signature is the lemon tart. I started, I started doing trials to create a lemon tart two years ago, and every uh, couple of months, I changed something. I I add some uh, elements that increase the acidity, I I decrease the amount of sugar, so it was a long process. And then I decided I want to create another flavor profile that can match the lemon. I was between two flavors, either the olive oil uh, and or the coconut. Uh, I got introduced to olive oil in desserts in Dubai. Uh, I was doing an internship with a chef, a chef uh, called Karim Bouji. He's, he's one of the best pastry chefs and just one of the best pastry chef in the MENA region. And he had a very uh, nice dessert, which was uh, a soft vanilla ice cream with olive oil and sea salt. The first time I tried it, I did not recognize the olive oil. It was for me something that... Um taste like uh, fruits. And I kept asking, what's this? What this? They said olive oil. So I said, okay, maybe I didn't try the the good, a good, proper, a proper olive oil in Egypt. Maybe I, I still need to understand better the olive oil. So I started getting uh, purchasing different kinds of olive oils and try to understand the difference. And I decided to make the, the lemon tart, which has a lemon cream, the basic lemon cream that I do. But instead of um, covering it with the hard meringue, I was covering it with soft meringue and um, just putting some drizzles of olive oil. And the first idea I got is to do an olive oil with vanilla beans, with infused vanilla beans. So I took an olive oil, a bottle, I cut some vanilla beans, I, I infused them in the, in the bottle for one month. And I was satisfied. Okay, this would be the final result. Then, then just on the day I was going to launch this product, I was in, invited on a, in a in an olive oil farm that was doing a tasting of different olive oil uh, different olive oils, and they introduced me to different seven the different seven kinds of olive oils, and uh, I did the tasting, and I I was impressed with the quality. And then at the end of the visit, they told me, oh. We have something new that we're working on. It's a lemon olive oil. So, actually, they 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 uh, they put whole lemons with the with the olives and they grind them together. So the the olive oil comes with a lemon flavor. And they told me, try it. Maybe you like it. And if you like it, you can use it. So I did the te- once I got home, I did the trial, the test, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it with the combination with the lemon cream itself. It was. A- it was so it was like it gives a punch of um citrus flavor paired with some olive flavor. So it was great. And I said, okay, let's try and let's 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 try to sell it and see if it works. And it really worked. Like everyone was was telling me, we never thought about olive oil in desserts. It's so good. It's it's so creative. So I was happy with the feedback. People are excited. To,
0: to, to try new flavors. Amazing. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a question that I didn't ask you to prepare for. Well, I didn't ask you to prepare for any of these, but um I want exactly. you to Yeah, yeah, which I appreciate. Um <laughs> so the the classic, what are the 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 in your mind, if you were to pick the five most sort of iconic classic Egyptian treats, uh desserts? like basbusa and th- uh, this type of stuff. Like, what are the five that come to mind immediately?
1: Okay. Uh, uh, the kunafa. I love the kunafa, but not the the normal kunafa. The um, I don't know how we, we call it. Uh, burma. I, I think they, we call it Burma, which is a rolled kunafa that has nuts inside. So okay. uh, I love I loved it. I love it. basbusa. I love basbusa. Uh, Bala <laughs> Hashem, uh, which also is very nice. Um uh what else? Ah, uh, Gul um uh um uh, <gasps> oh, <full wash-cur. laughs> I don't know if you if you've no. read about it. It's a uh, gulash. Uh, it's a uh, It's a uh, uh, dough uh, in bites, and that have nuts inside. And it's like that small.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, and I'm uh, oh, sorry, Golesh What baklava? Baklava. Dough. I always do confuse between baklava and gulesh. Baklava in bites. And uh, what else? These are my top, my, my favorite four. Okay, amazing. Ishtaraya so uh, is very famous, but I'm not a huge fan of it. Oh,
0: um, Ali, there's, there's a bunch.
1: Oh, Ma'ali. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yes, of course. Umu Ali. Um, Ali, of course. I don't know how did I forget it. Umu Ali and Mahalabaya. Because Mahalabaya also, it, it triggers a memory with my grandmother. My, gra- my grandmother does an amazing Mahalabaya. Uh, no. So um, Mahalabaya and Umu
0: course. because So far, everything that you've described is interesting, because the way I, when I introduced you, I was like, this is Farah, and she's reimagining Egyptian pastries using her French techniques, right? I was wrong, clearly. Because listening to you, it's almost like you're reimagining sort of like the traditional types of French cuisine, using Egyptian flavors and tastes, and uh, they're not Egyptian specifically, but sort of using your local ingredients and say, oh, why don't we introduce olive oil? Why don't we introduce that? Those are obviously not exclusively from Cairo, obviously. Um, but I feel like that's more of what you're doing than the reverse. Am I am I right about that?
1: Yeah, you are right. What I, exactly you are right. What I'm doing, I, I've learned um my base my I've learned French pastries. Yeah. And when I came to Egypt, I tried to uh Egyptian pastries are very different, so I'm uh, I try to uh, to learn it, and uh, I really want to I mean, to have uh, to have a proper uh, my own creations of uh, Egyptian pastries. But there is a transitional phase in between. It's like it's uh, it's what I uh, I want to it's 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 actually what I I call uh, a flavor transition. I want to to play on Egyptian flavors and pair them with. French flavors or universal flavors, and uh, like for example, pistachio orange blossom. Orange blossom—it's not purely Egyptian, but it's a Middle Eastern flavor—and it pairs perfectly well with pistachios, for example. So, a star anise, Star anise is also Egyptian. I don't know if it's Egyptian or Middle or Middle Eastern, but I have recently created an orange cake with star anise. So I try to play on the to play on the flavors profile, mixing. Middle Eastern flavors with with um, French flavors.
0: Yeah. So the next question I'm going to ask you is totally unfair, but I'm just going to ask it to you anyway, which is if you were to take those four or five, six dishes that you mentioned and completely remix them, right? And using your, your techniques and uh, a broader sort of palette of possible uh, flavors. It's two two parts of the question. One, do you feel like it's like Adam to do that? <laughs> like, do you feel like oh, you should just leave these as is? You shouldn't mess with them. You shouldn't change them. This is how they are supposed to be. And if not, what are some of the like? Uh, if you were forced to answer this now, like, what are some immediate things? Like, oh, you know, asbusa with this would be fun. Uh, Knefe with this would be really interesting. And these are the sort of the the experiments that I would love to try.
1: So, uh, for, uh, to answer your first question, no, it's uh, it's totally acceptable to play with Egyptian desserts because simply this would be uh, my vision of uh, mixing Egyptian and French desserts. The I want uh, the the proper and classic Egyptian treats would not disappear and they can be offered in the market. But there is no, another version that can be offered and people may like it or may prefer the classical one. So. Of course, no, I would love to do that. Uh, In terms of uh, ideas, what can I do with, okay. So, um, uh, for example, I can do uh, a milfeuille using baklava dough instead of uh, using uh, baklava dough instead of uh, puff pastry dough, for example. So uh, doing layers of uh, baklava with uh, pastry cream inside and maybe with the pastry cream add some caramelized dates which are um, very uh, Egyptian uh, since the Pharaohs' uh, <laughs> year's use dates and uh, maybe add some cardamom uh, caramel uh, drizzles, drizzles of uh, cardamom caramel. Uh, for me, this would be... Uh, and some maybe... Uh, crunch of uh, hazelnuts that would be for for me a great a great uh, dessert to try um what else uh also um uh, maybe a work around the relay version of the umali, for example uh, or the mahalabeya like have them topped with the sugar that is uh Torched, to have this crunchy and uh, colorful effect, so that would be uh, <laughs> that would be mm-hmm. good uh, uh. a good recipe to try. To try basbousa. is already Basbusa I don't. I can't imagine be inventing basbousa because um, it's it's good as it is. It's The easiest thing would be to top it with creams, but I really like, sometimes I I like classical things. And uh, sometimes I would say, no, I would not do, uh, I would not, I will not reinvent items, some items like basbusa. In Egypt, there was a trend of doing uh, Nutella basbusa and red velvet basbusa. I was uh, I I I did not like this trend at all. I was against it. I was no no leave mezbusa as it is. We should not. It's haram. It's haram to reinvent it. But kunafa, kunafa though it can be uh, used in uh, in I can be reinvented. Kunafa is so crispy. It can in, in France there is this um, ingredient uh, or um, called thirteen which is a very thin. Uh, Uh, it's not a biscuit but it's like it's like the ice cream biscuit it's uh, very thin and it's um, broken into very thin thin pieces mixed with chocolate and the praline and uh, it gives a crunch it does not soften in the desserts in the desserts it gives a crunch uh, in between the layers so kunafa can be actually can serve as a protein can be mixed with the some chocolate and maybe a chaline. Chaline is the car- uh, caramel and uh, and nuts mixed together. So it gives a paste, a nutty paste that is the caramelized. So kunafa can be mixed with the chaline, pistachio chaline, for example, and uh, and uh, have some uh, pastry cream uh, on top with the. Uh, uh, with the can with figs, for example, that would be good with the caramelized or candied figs. So these are things that we can work around.
0: Amazing. Um, can I ask you like a public health question? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's like a a broader trend towards viewing sugar as as poison, and people saying, you know, we need to decrease the amount of sugar intake that we we have overall, um, and sort of push back on the sort of Americanization of desserts, which happened over the last 60 years of just huge, 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 huge desserts, right? Instead of having a small chocolate at the end of a meal, it's like this huge chocolate cake, this big
1: yeah, um, and, so it was cream and
0: with cream, cream and just cream, like
1: cream and uh, butter, cream and icing and sugar and this, yes, exactly.
0: Um, and in the in the Arab world, we have uh, suffered insane amounts of obesity, specifically in in the Gulf. Um, I wonder, like, how are you? What is the responsible way of reacting to that? To say, listen, there is a responsible way to to eat sweets, and there is a responsible way to enjoy and have desserts like is that something that
1: yeah somebody yeah, in your position thinks about of course look uh one of the things one of, one of the comments i usually get from my customers is that my desserts are not are not super sweet they are just perfectly sweet and i understand why the uh, from where does this come from in egypt when we talk about oriental desserts many shops use the syrup uh but in huge quantities like I will give you an example. I just purchased, I had a Greek friend uh, visiting me a few days ago, and she loves she loves Hashem. We got Barah Hashem from the store that is not that is good but it's not very popular and we got Barah Hashem from another store that is super popular and I, I tasted both and the one that that came from the popular um, popular um, pastry shop was really too sweet like you can you can see the syrup the syrup between the la- between the Balah the other one had less syrup so it all it's not about the recipe it, it it depends on the chef and the amount of syrup or sugar he likes to use so for um, um, for me i i actually don't like uh, sweet uh, sweet and uh, desserts that are too sweet and i'm always keen to decrease the amount of sugar that i use in my desserts or sometimes i work around using um honey Honey instead of uh, sugar in some of um, in some of the desserts. I I don't uh, I don't use syrups. Uh, if I want to to uh, to create a shiny effect, I do something called uh, napage, a glaze, neutral glaze, which uh, which protects the layer and gives the chi- gives the shine and does not have sweet. It does not have uh, it has it does not have sugar. So there are ways to work around the sugar our sugar intake, whether by um and sorry, <laughs> whether by applying, whether by creating desserts that have no sugar and use honey instead, or decreasing the amount of sugar we we use uh, in our uh, in our recipes.
0: Yeah, so interesting. I mean, I always see it with like um uh, with my nieces and nephews, like the amount of. Uh, And Knefe specifically, like the other that they give you is like (laughs) this much, it's crazy. Um, Yeah, yeah. Basbusa
1: sometimes, actually from the same shop, it depends. Actually, sometimes the results are not consistent at the same shop. Sometimes uh, once I had the best basbusa in the world from this shop and two days later I went to get it again, it was so sweet. So it actually depends on the amount of syrup they uh, we use, and we pour we decide to pour on the desserts.
0: Yeah. Since you're talking about other restaurants, um, let me ask you about sort of like the food scene in Cairo. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the food scene like in general? Do you feel like there's a lot of innovation going on? Do you feel like the quality of, uh, the quality of restaurants in Cairo is good or bad? What, uh, tell me a little okay. bit about it
1: uh for sure for sure there ha- there has been a huge boom in the in the food industry in Egypt people became um there has there, ha- there have there has been so many options there have been so many new options new cuisines introduced to Egypt people are very well are welcoming the new cuisines and the uh, chefs beca- became more and more educated and innovative Many young uh, many uh, young persons traveled abroad to learn different cuisines and came here to Egypt to implement it, the, implement it differently and do some fusions. So for sure, there um, there has been a huge boom in, in the industry and uh, I, I'm very proud of what's happening here. But I have to say also that this boom um, is more obvious in the savory field more than the pastry field. The pastry field is not still very explored uh, and uh, maybe still limited between the Oriental desserts, the classical Oriental desserts and the American style desserts. There has not been so many innovations, there haven't been so many innovations in the pastry field unlike the savory field. So this is good for me because I have room for uh, innovation (laughs) and I have less competition. Uh but it's it's coming it's coming because people have the mindset, customers here have the mindset of accepting new cuisines.
0: In general, do you feel like the restaurants in Cairo in are overrated or underrated?
1: Uh I feel like um uh the Egyptian restaurants may be underrated. Specifically, the restaurants that are in popular uh, neighborhoods are not pop, um, or maybe um not 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 popular. But I mean,
0: uh, um, sort of uh the cla- uh, like the residential uh, neighborhoods, the classic yeah. restaurants. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like no, I mean, like uh, for example, in neighborhoods like uh, 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 maybe uh, neighborhoods that are that are not very touristic. Not yeah, 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 yeah. touristic neighborhoods they have they can have very good restaurants but they are, that are not actually explored unless by the people of the neighborhood so some very good restaurants can be unknown to people and hence underrated um other than that yeah it's like it's like the usual the usual the usual mix like there are good restaurants and there are overrated restaurants. Uh, there are underrated restaurants in the in the um, popular areas or uh, popular, the less touristic areas. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's I mean it's it's average. Uh, I can't answer your question, uh yeah, yeah, easily. I because there is underrated, there are overrated. Generally speaking, generally speaking, no, I don't think they are overrated.
0: Yeah. So like I'm going let's say I'm going to Egypt. Uh, I'm going to Cairo tomorrow, okay? And I'm there and I'm staying at a friend's house in one of those neighborhoods, right? Not a touristic place at a hotel. I'm staying at or at Airbnb in one of these sort of like real residential neighborhoods. Um and I go to one of these neighborhood places. And I text you and I'm like, "Farah, what should I order?" What's your, I what's definitely- the order? <laughs>
1: I'll definitely I definitely recommend the touristic places. I tell you, oh you can go to XY Um sorry. So you tell
0: yeah, me I'm don't sorry. don't risk it. Don't risk going to these places. Actually no, wait, no. safe.
1: <laughs> I'll ask you so many questions. How is is this is your stomach sensitive or not? Do you have company, Egyptian company or not? Uh are you willing to walk in uh, Scary streets uh, with no lighting or not. So, so to play it, uh, to play it safe, I will I will uh, suggest the tourist places. Oh, go to X, go to Y.
0: You're uh, like it's, uh... it's overrated, but don't worry about it. It's safe.
1: <laughs> but uh, for example, for for me, uh, uh, Zuba is one of the best restaurants that I can recommend to a, to a foreigner friend. I. I, I uh, I personally go eat there a lot. Uh I like it a lot. For me it's not overrated. Some people think it's overrated honestly. For me it's not. I like what they do. Uh, it's clean, it's innovative. Everything about the place, uh, whether the packaging, the interior, the vibes, it's for me it's fascinating. I, I I really like it and I would recommend it and I don't feel it's overrated. It deserves it, it deserves this uh uh, this um, the feedback. Um, yeah,
0: the success. The um, success. Mm-hmm. Okay, but okay. So let's say I go to the one of the touristic places. So I'm about to go to the non-touristic place. So you're like, Mikey, stop, 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 stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, stop, Mikey. <laughs> go, go to
0: the go to the touristic place. Okay, I sit down and I text him I'm like, "All right, I am at one of the classic tourist Egyptian restaurants. I'm very hungry. What should I order?"
1: Okay. So, uh i would recommend the uh, Koshari because it's the national egyptian dish uh and then I would recommend uh to have uh, uh I, I, what is can also can uh, in french it's asir can, uh, i can't remember the name in English i'll uh i'll just wait yeah. Uh, but then this juice, uh, I would recommend for you to try the juice, koshari, and then the juice. And then definitely go to uh, have some basbusa and uh, kunafa. Um, I would also recommend to have uh, fatta. Fatta is, a, is an Egyptian uh, dish that has rice, um, uh, bread, baladi bread, and uh, tomato sauce.
0: Oh, you do it with tomato sauce?
1: Yeah, we don't do it uh, the Syrian way that has uh, uh,
0: yogurt.
1: Yogurt. We don't use yogurt. It's it's rice bread, baladi bread, and tomato sauce. And the bread is not crispy. It's not a fried bread. It's it's moist. I've never I've never tried it crispy. Wow! Uh, it's so different uh, in uh, in Egypt. Um, and then also I would drink uh, sugar sugar can. Sugar cane, can,
0: yeah, yeah, sugar cane juice, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, and then uh, fatir, you know, uh, fatir, of course, I would recommend for you to try fatir, uh, cheese fatir. Uh, and then I would recommend the, some uh, some shishtawook uh, and kifta and grilled food in general.
0: Uh, is your is your mashewi, like your kafta is it very similar to the stuff that we have in palestine and lebanon and syria and or is it does it yeah. is it different
1: it's very similar it's mm-hmm. very similar um, uh, maybe the maybe um, we use maybe um, maybe i think it's very similar maybe the difference would be in the spices we use to spice the meat or something yeah. uh, for sure we don't use any sauces but it's very similar Kushari and fatta and uh, are the are the most iconic uh, Egyptian uh, plates. And then for breakfast, I would for sure recommend falafel, ful and falafel. If you're not going for a dinner or, or a lunch, ful and falafel all the way.
0: Yeah, and then go nap.
1: And nap for two days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Um, All right, so I want to do our single ingredient and then we have a special treat that you're going to do for us. We're going to show us um, some of your pastries live, which is amazing. Um, So let's talk a little bit. We asked you what single ingredient you wanted to pick and you picked nuts. So tell us um, what we should know about nuts and why you like them so much.
1: Okay. Uh, Nuts for me are... um... First of all, I love the taste of nuts. Any I, I, yeah, The taste of nuts in general, I, lo- I, I really like it. But what's impressive about nuts is that you can use it in so, so many forms. And every time it will give you a different result. So if we're talking about, for example, a nut, we can powder it so that we use it as an alternative to flour. There are so many people who are intolerant to gluten, to, to flour, and, f- and look for substitutes. And these substitutes can be an almond flour, or hazelnut flour, or a pistachio flour, which are basically the nuts that have, have been powdered, turned into powder. And then nuts can also be used as, can add crunchiness to a dessert. So if you want to add Different uh, textures in a dessert. You can use, you can caramelize nuts with some water and sugar. You you boil them with some water and sugar and transfer them to the oven. Um, And then they turn into caramelized that are very crispy and semi sweet. This gives, this puts them into another level. Another way of using nuts is to transform them into a paste whether it's a pure paste, uh, which is very healthy, you grind them and you turn them into a paste like pistachio paste, which is very tasty. You can use it as a layer in a dessert. You can um, put some uh, pipe, some uh, uh, pistachio paste on top, so it gives a color, it gives a a twist in the taste. Or you can use it as a praline, uh, which consists of... of, um, um, Uh, mixing it with caramel and turning it into paste, turning it into paste, into a paste. Uh, And what I also love about nuts is that they can be paired with so many options. For example, pistachios, I love pistachios. When you pair pistachios with raspberries, this puts the dessert in, in another level. Pistachios and raspberries are amazing together pistachio and uh, orange blossom it's it's a, it's an it's a perfect mix perfect mix um pistachio and hazelnut together actually once i was trying a recipe and uh, it, it was a it was a pistachio cake uh, and then i found that the cake was made of pistachio powder and hazelnut powder and i was thinking thinking why do we have why am i using hazelnut it's it's just a pistachio cake but having them mixed together also brought a new flavor that was not familiar for me like it's it's the same it's not pistachios it's not hazelnut it's something in between so this is why i really like the use of nuts in the desserts you can get so many results out of them and textures and pairings and um, richness and flavor and um, and richness and textures and everything so I do really like, uh, and actually, I was a, I was a chocolate person. I didn't like nutty desserts until I went and traveled uh, and studied pasties and tried to try them in different forms. And I said, "Oh, okay, I'm no longer a chocolate person. I'm I'm a nuts person." Amazing. So um, yeah, and actually, okay. the dessert that I'm going to to finish uh, to do to finish in front of the camera would be a biscuit with a caramel. And then with caramelized nuts dipped in in a chocolate, uh, two different kinds of chocolates. So there's one biscuit that has peanuts and the other biscuit that has pistachio and hazelnuts. And each of these biscuits is dipped in a different uh, kind of chocolate to have different uh, flavors profiles.
0: Amazing. You're killing me because now I'm so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's uh, do this quick Q&A, and then we're going to go watch it. So these days, what are you reading or watching these days?
1: Uh, Okay. Uh, (laughs) Not food-related or food-related?
0: No judgment, not food-related. No, no, no.
1: Okay, uh, I, I've been watching a very uh, controversial series, uh, Egyptian series, uh, social and drama series about uh, social problems in the family. Or in, it's very controversial because it's uh, <laughs> it's very crit- criticized here in Egypt. So mm. I, I've been watching it, and I, I like it. The story of a family and many uh, divorces and what show? But, uh... <laughs> Do I say the name? Yeah. <laughs> uh i' <laughs> i' which means middle age crisis
0: yeah okay perfect uh,
1: okay <laughs> yeah
0: um uh, who would you love to shadow for a uh, uh for a day past or present
1: to shadow for a day
0: yeah
1: oh wow oh uh, uh that would be maybe uh oh i know uh has uh, has a french pastry chef called françois dobinet is one of my idols um he was uh, he used to be um the the executive pastry chef of fauchon paris and then now he uh he's no longer working there and he's uh, he's actually identifying himself as an artist because he uses um art in so many forms to to create dessert. So he creates, he does crazy creations using art. He's an idol for me. I really, really I mean, yeah, I really want to work with him one day. I've Amazing. met him in person and uh, I, I I, really admire his work.
0: Amazing. Um, what is your guilty pleasure uh, midnight food choice? So you wake up at, you know, you come home at midnight. <laughs>
1: this is horrible. Okay. So many guilty pleasures. I would say uh, I can wake up at midnight and have machi, um, uh, bechamel, uh, chicken pane, uh, moussaka. I can wake up in the middle of, of the night and have these. It's and fries and burger, everything. I, 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 I regret it afterwards, but unfortunately, I can eat these things at night.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if they are all here yes. <laughs> oh,
0: that's so funny. okay. Um, what dish remind you most of home?
1: Ruzum uh, عمر which is the milk rice um, in the uh, baked in the oven milk rice baked in the oven.
0: cool.
1: are you familiar with this plate and with this dish? no. Uh some people it, it some, is blaban? No, it's not rose blaban. It's rose ma'amur and um it's actually it's like rice and milk that are baked together in the oven and it has uh oh yeah, it's um the surface is burnt a little bit like the mm. chamel.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's yeah. And some people do it with the put inside the um, uh, pigeons.
0: Oh, my God, so good. yeah yeah um, well, people can find you online very easily, Farah and um, and uh, find your work and all all the stuff that you create. It was such a privilege to speak to you, and uh, so cool that you took us behind the scenes and showed us some of your work. Um, thank you.
1: It was exciting for me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> No, obviously uh, I'll wait for you the next. Uh, I'll I'll wait for you uh, when you come to Egypt. I would be delighted if you try the desserts and tell me how this. Uh, what do you think about these?
0: Yeah, and and uh, uh, we can go to one of the one of the touristic uh, places.
1: <laughs> non touristic places. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, thanks so much for that.
1: No, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. And it was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to hafiketa.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikita.com slash support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.